Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Amazing. He said, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. In other words, it is paid in full. And then he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Now, you've heard sermons like the seven words on the cross. Uh Uh-huh. So, this is the seventh one. Even though some don't believe it was seven, I don't argue about those things. Whether seven or twenty, he paid in full. He paid in full. Some of the words are like, Woman, behold thy, thy children, or thy son, son, behold thy mother. How would that bless me? Eh? <laughs> he wasn't talking to me, he was talking to Mary and his sons. One of God, that one, that, so if I don't know the seven, he paid in full. Now, what is the payment in full? What is the payment in full for? For our redemption. Because remember, he gave himself a ransom for us. So the blood on the cross, Jesus dying on the cross, was the payment was the full payment of our debt. And after this declaration, we were freed from the dominion of sin. We were freed from the power. Like I taught you about sin. People just think... (laughs) If you hear a Christian who says that, okay, um, uh, sin has been taken away, sin has been dealt, so why are some people sinning? Why are some Christians sinning? Just know he doesn't understand. Huh? Okay, does it make sense to you that Jesus had to come and die and pay his in full ransom so that sin will be taken off you? It means there's something more concerning sin. If I am being redeemed from under sin, then it means that sin has some power to hold me. So I was a slave to sin. 
So it's not only about the sin, but the power and the dominion of sin. So Jesus freed us. Maybe you don't get it. Maybe you should have been here on Tuesday. They understand it better now. Look at it. Sin was the slave master that put all of us, mankind, under sin. And sin put a price tag on you. And it says, you, this price that I put on you, it is equal to the life of the Son of God, His blood. Hmm. That is the wickedness of sin. That is why the Bible says gold and silver couldn't handle this. What is the intention of sin? So that nobody could be redeemed from it. Because the price you have to pay to get out of sin is amazing. That is why those who have not received Jesus today, if they don't receive Jesus today, and the, and the, and the face of grace passes, do you know what is? Everything will be reset. Oh, don't think too much to understand. There will be a, there will be a total reset. He said the acceptable year of the Lord. What does it mean? This is the period where Christ did, even though he did for all men, if you don't believe in him and we go, that opportunity doesn't stand again. Which means now you would have to pay for the debt yourself. And the Bible has shown us right from the beginning that no man was able to pay. If any man had the opportunity to, I mean, the ability to pay, Adam would have done something in the garden. Even for himself, the same God that gave his son was the same God that killed animals, atoned for their sins. So you are seeing John 3, 16, Genesis. <laughs> to give his son is an atonement. Are you following? I'm not saying in Genesis, you see John 3, for God so loved, that's what I'm saying. But God loved Adam to the point that he will not allow the cherubims to, to exercise judgment. So what did he do? He sacrificed animals to atone for their sin. So that they could go, I showed you, if Adam and Eve had gone out of the garden without, with the fig leaves, the cherubims would have seen him and Eve as people with sin and they would have struck them. Because remember, the cherubims are the administrators of the justice and the executors. Of his judgment. So after God had covered them with the animal skin, because blood had to be spilled before the skin can be covered, or their bodies can be covered with the, with the skin, then they walked out of the garden and the cherubims came behind them and blocked the way. They saw them, but they couldn't do anything. So in the eyes of the cherubims, blood, which means that they had paid some penalty. 
Because blood, I just showed you. The blood meant payment in full. So the blood that God said to atone for Adam and Eve was a kind of a temporary receipt for them to go out so that they are not killed. And that is a similar thing he did in Egypt. When the Israelites were there, when he wanted to kill Pharaoh's firstborns, what did he do? He asked them to kill an animal because to God, whether Israelite or Egyptians, when he's sending for judgment, his judgment is against all. Please understand that. Okay, do you think if Israel were his, because he, before he went, said, go tell them that Israel is my first, go tell Pharaoh that Israel is my first son, my firstborn. God said that. He declared them as firstborn. Now he wants to kill Pharaoh's Egyptian uh, first sons. Does he really need to ask them to hide? No. When God's judgment comes out, it is coming out against sin. It is coming out against sin. So he said, this is how you can be free. If you like, do it. If you don't do it, so some Israelites died. Some firstborns of the Egyptians did not die. Because, because some of them were firstborns, even the older ones. Now the firstborns were not only children. Anyone that was firstborn, whether old man, anim, uh, you know, animal, whatever. So if you bring an animal that has been given birth to today, firstborn, and you bring that animal into the house where the blood has been marked, that animal will not die. That person will not die. Whether firstborn or second, uh, I mean, whether uh, uh, an adult or a child. So the question is, when God's judgment comes out, you have no idea what the judgment is. Remember, God's justice is inflexible. So when the judgment came out, Everybody was susceptible to die. Because the angel of death, which I believe very well, I'm not so sure. Because of the works of the cherubims, I'm sure it will be one of them. Or it will be as a, 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 an apprentice of one of the cherubims. No, because, because in the angelic world, when angels, I told you, when they get big position, when they increase, they get other, other angels working under them. There's no revelation. It won't bless you. It won't do anything to you. Whether it was a cherubim or what, it doesn't matter. The, the debt has been paid. That's all. Do, do you think the Israelites will be wondering which angel came or which? They don't care. All they'll be talking about, we didn't die. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so when, when they marked their doorpost with the blood, it was a sign of an atonement. An, an atonement. Meaning that you have sinned. You ought to die. But when I see the blood, the blood is a receipt. 
So the angel that is passing over the house or yeah, the, the homes of the people, when he sees them to him, he says that they are dead already. Because the payment for, for sin is death. So the blood means death. So once they see that the house is marked dead uh, is with blood, they pass over. And when they get to a house where and that's how the end time would be. When we are taken away, we are the ones who have been marked with the blood. So those who will not receive Jesus are the homes where there is no blood. And so they have to now pay with their own blood. Can you see that? No, nobody will atone for them. And this is God's justice from the beginning. And you see, he is not flexible to say that you are an Israelite. If like be a pastor's child and you have not received Jesus, you will go to hell like the fetish priest son who has also not received Jesus. Because when it comes to his justice, imagine God's justice can be flexible. We will not be able to trust him. When he says he's faithful, we will say no. Can you see that? Yeah. And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see, look at it, when I see the blood, not when I see you, not you, so, the angel that is coming doesn't know Israelite, doesn't know Egyptian. He's only looking for those who have paid the penalty. He said, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. You are seeing grace here. Are you seeing grace? If you know people who don't believe in Jesus, Please go and tell them this. That the time is coming. This picture will play out. Go back to Genesis and show them that even God had to do this for Adam and Eve. Remember, I told you that when the cherubims came, they came to stand. The Bible said the swords were turning, you know, all around, right? Because if Adam and Eve now decided to come back themselves, then they would have forfeited the payment that God made, the atonement, so they will not have to pay with their own life. So I showed you in the book of Zechariah 13 or so, the Bible says that those swords, the sword came, it was what pierced Jesus' side. And the Bible says, and when they pierced his side, water mixed with blood came, and they said, he's dead. Meaning that he has paid the penalty. That sword that came should have worked. In fact, it had to work. That sword had to strike. <laughs> but you see, it wasn't going to strike us. It had to strike Jesus. Yeah, I know when you, when you read the Bible, you, you, you see sword or spear. Yeah. It's the same thing. The same thing. He said, awake, O sword. Yeah, exactly. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Who's your shepherd? Uh-huh. And against the man that is my fellow. Say the Lord of hosts, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. So here was a prophecy given by Zachariah that this sword that couldn't work because God atoned for Adam and Eve is too much. You see, his justice is inflexible. Man sinned, so man had to be judged. 
That's all. Man sin, so man had to be judged. So anytime God sees blood, he sees a receipt. So I mentioned to you that like the prisoner, if he, he doesn't keep the receipt, that he has served all the sentences, somebody can just take him to court again and jail him again for the same purpose. You too. If you don't understand the finished work, Satan would accuse you for the same sins Jesus paid. Please note Satan's structure or his, his, um, his behavior. In Job 1.6, the Bible says that he went to God. He likes doing that. And the Bible gave us an idea of his actions. The Bible never said in the beginning that Satan started talking to God. God asked him a question. But you see, God doesn't need to talk to you to know your mind. I mean, to, he doesn't need to hear you to know your mind. He will just know your mind. I'm sure he went to heaven in his heart, in his mind. He's thinking about Job. Oh, be spiritual, Kakra. How do I mean? Immediately God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? Look at all the things he said about him. Look at it. And the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God, feared God and eschewed evil. Then Satan answered the Lord. Look at the things you say. Please do NLT. Satan replied the Lord, yes. But Job has a good reason to fear God. That means Satan moving to and fro. He knew that Job feared God. Meaning that he tried him. Perhaps he didn't get his own way. Because the man feared God. Satan perhaps used his children. Because the Bible says his children will have wild parties. And when they are done, he will atone. He will make sacrifices for their sons. So Satan couldn't get him from anywhere. Because Satan will always, in a family, in every family, listen to me carefully. In every family, Satan will look for the weak one amongst you. To enter the family. He is always looking for the weakling. Reason why you must pray for everybody. Whether your child or anyone, anyone that lives with you can be a weakling. That Satan can, like this one. This one is among the fingers. You can easily open this. And once you do, the fingers have no strength any longer. So Satan will always look for the weak one amongst you. So if you know somebody who is weak amongst you, you, you pray, teach the person God's word for the person to grow. Is it possible for all of us to grow to become tight? Yes. You play and see. You realize that the same thing you are praying about. It goes and it comes back because somebody, one of them is a door. So you cast it out, Satan uses that door again. So you are praying against that same thing. Hmm. Yeah. Now, the Bible gives us an idea of Satan's strategy. So he said, yes, Job had a good reason to fear God. Look at the next one. You have always put 
Don't, you forget about the one. He used the word always. How did he know always? How did he know always? Which means sometimes he just goes and he realizes, ah, there's no way. Then he will go again and there's no way. You have always put. Look at the statement. You. You have all. Oh, I'm seeing grace there. You have always put a wall of protection around him. And he's not only him, him, his home, his properties. And made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. So Satan had credentials of Job. So you see, the Bible didn't write that Satan said anything. But when Jesus came on the earth, he showed us how God works. The Bible says, and God knew their thoughts. And God knew what was in their heart. Oh, please, let scripture answer itself. So the man went to heaven to go and accuse. Okay. When you continue, God said, okay, you can touch him because he can tell in his mind that he's looking for opportunity. What was Satan? He said, if you are, look at it, do whatever you want to do, you, you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Was that all? He came back again. Go on. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were, fa- were feasting at the uh, oldest brother's house, this is what they were doing. Wild parties. Girls, girls, boys, boys. That's all they were doing. So Satan began to strike. Okay? Amazing. I'm not talking about Job. I'm talking about Jesus tonight. So what I want you to know is that even you yourself, that said Jesus had paid and he, you, the receipt is with us. He still come back to you and fight against your righteousness. Fight against your righteousness. And you're not able to show him any receipt. You know why? Because you don't even understand the blood. When you go home tonight, let me show you you don't know anything about the blood of Jesus and the salvation. You don't. Lie on your bed and ask yourself. Keep asking yourself a question. What did Jesus do for me on the cross? What does, they, what does it mean? How do I place? Keep asking yourself a question. I did that some years ago. My head was blank. I was preaching it, but my head was blank. The thing I was preaching was not in my heart. When you op- lift up your hands to thank God or to praise God, what are you doing? Pastor Chris Devon says that once you get to know who you are in Christ, you don't even mention Satan's name. Like, it's like you don't even think about him. There is only one person that is glorified and that is who you talk about every time. Can you lift up your hands and begin to thank Jesus for Jesus, you have done this for me, Jesus. You see, you need understanding to be able to know what he did on the cross. Understand every little bit of what he did on the cross. This is how you appreciate him. So you see, 
When somebody now tells me you, once saved is not forever saved, that is an accusation. That is an indictment. That is an arrow against your righteousness. Because you see, everything Jesus did gave us blessings. And the entirety of all blessing is what we call righteousness. Righteousness is the encapsulation of all blessings. How do I mean? Do you understand that? Or I should explain it as usual. I should flow, eh? Jesus. Okay. Let me see how many I have for you. Okay. I've been drawing this picture every time. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. Can any man have right standing with God without Christ? No. We stood at Christ's, Christ's place to receive it. You get it now? Now, once you stand at where Christ stands, all favor, all blessing, all glory, all power, Everything Christ deserves is what you deserve. Okay. What is giving you access? Righteousness. Why? You now have a right standing with the Father. So righteousness is the total, is the encapsulation of all blessings. Do you get it now? Your position. And that is what Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says. Verse 1 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And verse 2 says what? Oh, you should about this one by now. By whom also? We have what? Access into this grace wherein we stand. You stand in the place of grace. Do you know grace? Unmerited favor. Undeserved favor. Unqualified favor. All earthly blessing. So you stand in that place. Actually, what it means is that the place of grace means you are surrounded with all favor. Now, favor becomes your garrison. Favor becomes your protection. Favor becomes your security. What is favor? What is favor? Uh, those who were here on Tuesday, I told you. Beauty in the spirit. Yeah, one of the meaning is beauty in the spirit. Of course, it's beauty in the spirit. Yes, now you understand where you stand. It's beauty in the spirit. Yes, Can you see that? Yes, but even beyond that, what is favor? I know everybody. Please, you answer me, otherwise I won't continue. <laughs> Haven't you been saying that you are favored? Yes. I said, don't say it. You were here on Tuesday. Okay, proceed to receive what? Continue. Why do you are here on Tuesday? Next time, if you call me, I won't do. <laughs> we'll say, oh, say, why? <laughs> I, I used the board to, to, to explain, and it was beautiful. I can't even remember it. <laughs> Favor. You see, you say something you don't understand. So it's not working. I'm favored. I'm favored. Okay. What does it mean? It means when I'm going to look for a job, they will give me. It means if they are choosing two people, it's me. 
Do you know how? That's how we understand favor. What, what does he mean? What is favor? Was, uh, Alex. What is favor? Oh, they just said it. Yeah, beauty in the spirit. But beyond beauty in the spirit. No. So if you say you get what you don't deserve, what are you saying? I know, but what, does, what are you saying? He said, undeserved favor. So what are you saying? You see, anytime you take your mind off where you are standing, you, you will never understand favor. Okay, let me bring it to your language. Why is it that we went to look for job, but I got it? We're looking for two people, but I got it. What do you think is happening to you? Sorry? Yeah, it's favor. Yeah. But what does favor mean? Why, is, why are you the one getting it? Why not him? Why you? Okay. 10,000, 10,000. <laughs> Look, I was was lying down sometime, I think a few weeks ago, and I asked myself, I think I know favor. But then I was meditating. I said, no, look, I don't understand this thing. Yeah, grace. Grace is unmerited favor. So you must understand what favor is. So you can know what what, what you you don't merit. But it's beginning. Do you understand? Uh Uh-huh. I got this thing around 3 a.m. I was studying. I was looking, looking, searching, and I found out. It's so simple. And that's what she said. What did you say? Position to receive favor. In other words, you have been positioned to receive. That is all. Of all the women in Bethlehem, it was Mary that was positioned to receive. That's how come you don't pray for favor. You don't go chasing favor. It is, it is an act of grace. So it has to be given you. It's a gift. So where we stand, we stand in a place where we receive all things. Do you get it now? And this position will never be changed. Because it is the place where Christ stands. And we stand with him. So forever and ever, you have been positioned. I want you to renew your mind. You have been positioned to receive. So what do you do? You keep receiving. Will anything interrupt? No, sir. Nothing can interrupt. Because nothing can interrupt the Lord. So now with this understanding, now put it under grace. Definition. Unmerited. It means that what you are receiving, you have been positioned to receive something that you can never merit. Yet God says, I'm giving you. So anybody that comes into Christ, stand into this I mean, grace. And once they stand there, they have been positioned to receive. Receive what? Everything, including God himself. Okay. I taught you about sonship. Now you can see sonship here. Immediately you are born into Christ, you become an heir. Who is an heir? Somebody positioned to take care of what? An inheritance. To become the next manager. 
Can you say that? Can you say that? And that's favor. So I explain. It's like a slave who doesn't belong to a family. But the master says that no, I think this guy I have sons, but I'm not going to make my son take over my, my property. So he goes and brings somebody outside his family. This man is coming to handle some inherit something that he doesn't deserve. Have you seen a slave inheriting the master's property? But I told you, God used Daniel and Joseph to show you. So that was favor. So the reason why everything will work for you is because of where you are standing. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayman 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny Hyphen L. Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International, contact services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people People are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to lead from glory to glory, and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.